So welcome everyone to this uh, very special edition of the Community Spotlight. Uh, this week we're going to turn the tables a little bit and uh, in interview the person who normally does the interviewing. So this is uh, David, uh, also known as D Sheiks on the, the uh, DNR Discord, and I'll be interviewing uh, David, also known as Math Guy Dave, this week. Uh, welcome to your show, Dave. Yeah, um, this is interesting. So I, I'm ready. Let's let's have some fun. Great. So so I think everybody knows. Uh, 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 we'll, we'll just go with Math Guy Dave, and you can call me D Sheiks if you want. <laughs> and okay. Keep it keep it simple. I think everybody yep. knows. Uh, Math Guy Dave for doing uh, uh, DMing games and uh, running this podcast and, and actually sort of turning this into a whole podcast network these days. Um, and of course, for uh, uh, being the, uh, the the grand visor of uh, Theriacon. So sure. uh, <laughs> uh, lots, lots of things, lots, lots going on. So we'll, we'll, we'll start off with some of the kind of traditional questions and then we'll jump around and, and see see where we get to. So um, first question was, uh, I, I, I sent Dave a list so he'd, he'd be a little bit prepared, so we'll see. <laughs> so the first one was uh, just to tell us a little bit about uh, your uh, DNR affliction. Uh, when did you start? Why did you stay? Um, and uh, what are your favorite uh, groups across all arcs? Just some embarrassing bits that you could uh, <laughs> toss in there and, and get yourself into trouble with. Yeah, okay. So when did I start is a little complicated. Um, I'm not 100% sure. So I have about three hours of driving a day um, for the days that I teach. And then I'm also like running slash biking about 10 to 15 hours a week. So when you add all that up, depending on the time of year, that's like 15 to 30 hours of stuff that I need audio time for and uh, a lot of time that's NBA podcasts and then it's also been like some video game podcasts and somewhere like three four years ago in that search I found a, like just looking through like fantasy things because I also read a lot of fantasy books and stuff I found a couple D&D podcasts and and this one in particular I know I came in and listened to a few episodes like near the end of arc one. And then I just kind of left it behind because I was like hopelessly far behind on it. And I had a ton of other stuff to listen to and I kind of let it go. And then one of the other podcasts that the, the real time that I got started on it for good was one of the other podcasts that I listened to um, the instance, which is a world of Warcraft podcast. The guys, one of the guys on there started a D&D podcast, uh, There Will Be Dungeons. And I listened to like the first couple episodes of that. And then I was like, okay, I need more D&D podcasts. And I went back to uh, Dungeons and Randomness, which I think was just starting Arc 2 at that time. And I listened to the first couple episodes of that. And I was like, oh, this is way better than this other one that I'm listening to. Let me go back and re-listen to everything. So I went back and did the whole like 200 episode catalog in probably like four to five weeks. And oh then, <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I, I just listened, like I had headphones in my ears all day long, uh, just walking around at like 1.5 speed. Um, yeah. 
And so I completely caught up, and I was basically there for all of Arc 2 after that, just going episode to episode. So mm. I don't know. Found the podcast four years ago, but I guess I've really, really, really been in since Arc 2. So I guess that's that part of it. Um, as for why did I stay, uh, the, the thing that caught me immediately was like the production value. Um, especially on Arc 2, it definitely was a change when I went back to Arc 1, but like the audio is so much better than what, like I listen to a lot of podcasts and I, I feel like the audio on this podcast is so much better than like the average podcast that's out there. Um, so that, that kind of struck me like, wow, this sounds a lot better than what these other guys are doing. And then um, obviously like the story and the characters and stuff really pulled me in. And switching back to Arc 1, I kind of, I didn't know how to play D&D, so I was kind of learning to play the game along with them, even though it was that bad edition of D&D. Like, it was still kind of fun for me to learn all the combat stuff and the classes, and I kind of nerded out on that stuff a little bit, so I thought that was fun. Sure. Um, and then uh, favorite groups, like... I have a hard time with I couldn't tell you who put my favorite TV show or favorite movie or <laughs> favorite. I can tell you a favorite author, and we'll talk about that later, but I can't tell you favorite <laughs> books. Um, the favorite for me is whatever I'm listening to at the time. Um, I can tell you I have groups that are definitely not my favorite, but there were times definitely that group one was my favorite. Um, on a re-listen, it's harder for me, hmm. but... Like, I really, really loved Group 1 going through Arc 1 the first time until, like, maybe around the time that Malchus left. And then yeah. Group 1 kind of is never the same for me after that. Um, I, I recently re-listened through, like, early Group 2 and then, like, listening to, um, it kind of feels like the Avengers assembling as, like, the current day cast joins into group two and I, I really really like those episodes too and that part um i know at some point in my arc one listen through at group three i'm like oh this is the best group that's ever been on this show like the role play <laughs> really stepped up and everything so i it's been all of them at some point um probably in arc two it was group b just because they had more crazy stuff happen to them and i <laughs> The, the disaster of the week. <laughs> yeah, you you never know what's going to happen on one of their episodes. So, and I think part of it is there's some very unpredictable personalities on that group. So, um, yeah, so that, that was a terrible answer to that. Um, no, 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 I, no, that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it, it, no I, I put that question in there as much as a, as a joke as, as anything, but... It, it, it's really hard to pick a, a favorite group. And, and I agree that there are definitely times where one group really gets your attention and then it can change over time and something somebody else gets your, gets your attention. I mean, when, when I got to uh, group four going through Lockford, that was, you know, my favorite for sure at that point in time. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I need to read. That's something I've only listened to once is the Lockford stuff. Me too. And, okay. Well, <laughs> part, part of that for me is um, that I'm not really into, like, I don't like horror stuff, really. 
Yeah. And that art kind of feels like a horror movie to me. And I, I don't know. There's also, without getting overly personal, there's a couple people on the, that group that really annoy me. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, like, I really, really like some of them, and, and they're still on the show, so that's great. Um, but there's a, a couple of them. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want to hear this. So, like, if I could get the audio tracks and just mute a couple people's tracks, I might be the same. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> no, that was, there was a lot of contention in, in the group there, so that was tricky. Yeah, but, but yeah. that actually that actually added a lot to that story from my perspective in, in terms of the um, <laughs> a, a group that's already having trouble being locked up in a little tiny attic <laughs> with with the, a, a little boy and and all of that. So yeah, it would be fun to think about like how that Lockford story would have gone for like original group one, for example. Like Lock Ironhide and Malchus in an attic for a few days. That would have lasted about fifteen minutes. <laughs> they would have they would have gone out and fought the werewolves. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they would not have been sneaking through the town, right? It just nope. just charge out there. We got to kill these puckers right now. That's what it would be. <laughs> so, and I w- I don't usually talk like that, but I'm just trying to channel a little yep. bit of Justin right now. And I'm like, yep, nope, he would nope. just charge out there. So he's exactly right. <laughs> All right. What well, so what what uh, what what makes a given DNR episode uh, one of the best in your opinion? So I think you talked a little bit about that already in terms of the you you like the audio quality and you like the the role play, but um, you know is it the did you like the, the the funny episodes or the dramatic episodes or you know combat? What 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 are the what are the things that you really like about uh, a given our a, a given DNR episode that would make it one that you like a lot? Yeah. Um, so I will definitely say that there are some times I really do like a combat episode, like, especially when I was learning to play, I'm like, oh, okay, I can listen to two hours of combat. This is fun. <laughs> What's that skill that he's using? Okay. Let me write that down. All right. What was that number? Can I find their average hit? You know, that, that kind of thing. Like that was, that was fun. Listening to all the math and I kind of mm-hmm. liked all the like stacking status effect stuff that drove Jason crazy in Arc One. Like that stuff was kind of nerdy, and I liked it a lot. Um, but now, now um, usually if we get to a combat episode like in Arc Two or even in Arc Three, like I think I've gotten to the point where like I understand the mechanics enough that I really don't want as much of them as we get, and. Um, for me, I'm I'm really looking for either that uh, heavy like story role playing episode, especially with some character moments, or the just crazy funny episode. And like a, a lot of times, like it's not even because the situation's funny; it's just because like the cast is doing something funny. Um, I like those kind of personal things that pop into the show, which definitely happens because. Even though they do edit the heck out of things, there's a lot of like the cast personality that bleeds into the show, and uh, I, I like those episodes. So I don't have great examples of that because I think it happens in a lot of episodes. Yeah. Um, but anytime the cast is laughing and having a good time, I think those are ones I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think early in arc one, that was one of the things that got me, as it just felt like the you know a group having fun. Playing, 
playing Dungeons and Dragons, which is what you know I did when I first started playing uh, years ago, and and uh, that. But but there's there's you know there's situations in the different episodes where you just come up to something that can be just really uh, thought provoking. J- Jason uh, he thinks a lot about what's what's going into into the episodes, and it's fun to see you know what what he's planned out and and how he ends up role playing with other other players and. Um, yeah, it's, it, he does. He does an impressive job, I think. Yeah. So um, the the second part of this question is sitting down here is about a, a couple of favorite episodes of mine, yep. and I remember really like everybody that's been on the podcast almost has mentioned like the the Drock fight and then the time skip after that. Like that that definitely was something. Um, I liked the marathon like six hour episodes like the the episode 100 like i like those super long episodes but two of them kind of recently that stick out to me probably my favorite arc two episode that i can remember is the the crazy drug trip mules going everywhere slamming <laughs> the kid in the head dead guy in the back bouncing on the ground like that episode i really enjoyed that one and then um i think arc three really started out pretty great i liked um all of those beginning of arc three episodes but maybe like meeting the countess and interacting with her and mm-hmm. uh i thought i thought that was really neat and i i liked how jason played the countess and just how uh how scary she is it was kind of fun so um and i Maybe my new favorite episode will be the next Group A episode whenever we get that, because I have a feeling that could be uh, very dramatic. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so <laughs> we're definitely set up for something pretty good there, I think. Yeah, no, I actually thought Arc 2 started off with a little bit of a slow burn, um, but there was a lot of good stuff early on as well. And then Arc 3 was just like... Holy cow! You know, jumped right in, and, and uh, some some really big things going on immediately. So, yeah, like yep. Group C had a kind of slow first episode, but I think episode two and now this episode. I don't know if it's the one that they're recording as we speak right now, or if they have one in the can already. I'm not sure yeah. of that. But uh, whatever the heck is going to happen in the next Group C is probably going to be pretty dramatic and. For me, the chances that they actually make it where they're going seem less and less with, as every episode goes by. <laughs> yeah. So. I, think, I think Jason said something in the extended rest about not having a lot of confidence that they were going to do well in this next episode. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, they're not very experienced. Like, I'm not sure they remember how to do combat. In, oh yeah, they haven't done so. combat in like a couple of years. So. <laughs> yeah, it was the summer of 2000. 17, I think, was the last yeah. time they had combat. <laughs> That's crazy. So, yeah. Maybe it was summer 2018. I'm, I don't know. It's been a long time. So yeah. it was before they got to Brightport. So <laughs> yeah. pretty crazy. What, so so you talked a little bit about this, but uh, and, and I, I didn't realize you had uh, just gotten started in D&D relatively recently. But uh, uh, tell us how you did get started with uh, playing D&D and, and uh, what, what were your... Uh, initial experiences like and and how how did you sort of make a jump into uh, becoming a dm yeah um so the i guess i've had opportunities to do this for a long time because my my 
stepbrother has been playing like since the game came out in 1975 or six or whatever he was playing. So, um, cause he was like the age where he was, I think he was 13 or something when, when D and D kind of hit the world and, uh, he's played all the editions and he's always been like, David, you would really like this. And, um, I'm like, yeah, but I, I don't know. Like, our personalities don't totally mesh. And I'm like, he gets kind of crazy about games sometimes. And I'm like, I don't think I want to play. I, I don't know. It's not my thing, really. Um, and then, really, it was it was this podcast, pretty much. Because as it was going through, I'm like, you know, I think I'd like to play. And, you know, my my daughter, like, we play a lot of board games. Like, I have closets full of board games and some of those are like um tactical combat games and i guess we've had for years some of the like D board games um which are not really D, but they're like they're kind of built on fourth edition and have cards and stuff so we played some of those um but we on one of these family christmas things where we just play board games for like four days a couple of years ago i ran a little D thing for my wife and her brother and um two kids and yeah so it was a family thing and now that i think about this i'm lying because i ran pathfinder for them like three years ago on a summer vacation because hmm. um, we bought the pathfinder starter box um yeah. But yeah, so we did that, and then we ran a little online game with those same people for a few sessions, and then we've been playing some games here at home, and then really the first thing that I did that wasn't a family thing was I joined the game with Rob like a year ago and played in that game, and I don't know, somewhere in there I decided to run a game, and we've we've been doing that for, what, a couple months now? Yep. So... That was my first time DMing for somebody that I'm not related to. So <laughs> that was that. And I ran a game at Theriacon. And, oh, I did some Dungeon Crawl Classic stuff, too. So maybe that came, I guess that was before the 5e stuff that we're doing. Yeah. But anyway, it's really out. all just exploded in the last year. So yeah. <laughs> what's, what's it like uh, uh, DMing for your like your wife and your, and your daughter, I know you've done some, done some of that. And, uh, is it, is it like a, a fun thing for the family to, to role play and to, you know, run, run with things? Or is it more just the mechanics or how, how, how does that work? Yeah, it's a little, it's a little interesting by the way. So Layla has aged from like eight when we started to 10 now. Yeah. Um, and she likes, she gets, and she's getting better, but like she has real ideas about like she likes to trick things, and she doesn't she doesn't want to do the thing that would be like the smart move in combat very often. So hmm. like I could cast a fireball, but instead I'm gonna try to do this minor illusion of a dog barking and see <laughs> if it'll make the ogre turn around and run the other way. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> It might work every once in a while, but like this is a demon from the fourth level of hell or something. And I don't think it cares <laughs> that you have a dog barking in the corner and then she'll get upset about that or something. So, you know, it's a little challenging sometimes. Um, I, I try to, oh gosh, my dog is upset. Um, I, I try to uh, 
to to get her involved in different things and and let her have fun with some of that stuff still without making the whole thing just a silly Layla show. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's it's a little more mechanics and sometimes my wife and daughter fight a little because they do that a lot because she's a preteen and it's her mom and that stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we've been playing um, every couple of weeks and my daughter runs some games. She kills us every time. Um, <laughs> like, and, and now there are 50 lizard men. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're level one, right? <laughs> like we're just going to die. Layla. She's like, no, you have a chance. There's a way for you to get out. I'm like, Okay, we'll see. So, <laughs> yeah, those are interesting. Um, the, the stuff, we actually ran some really fun games online with um, her her brother and stuff that, that were fun. And I had a whole story for that. It was going really great. And then, like, school started back up and the kids are all too busy and uh, things stopped working there. But um, that stuff was, was going pretty well. So, yeah. Yep. It's definitely different than playing with you guys, though. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and my wife really likes the mechanics, and I know all I have to do to make her happy is just give her magic items. Hmm. So it's like, oh, here you go. You got a plus four wand. Yeah. She's like, no, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> That's so, <cool>. And boy, <laughs> did, did she get mad last week because um, her character has all this fire damage stuff and a wand that is like plus fire damage. And <laughs> I gave her a fire immune. Yeah, fire, fire resistant, something or another. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a fire immune demon, and it also had like a this distortion aura, so you had disadvantage on ranged attacks. Hmm. And she was she was like, "You just did this to screw me over." I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, I think I'm going to skip question four because we actually talked about the, the community spotlight before during my interview or whatever but um okay. and, I, and i definitely want to hit uh theriacon because i think uh that was a that was a big deal when i first wrote up these questions i think we were a lot closer to theriacon and it's kind of faded a little bit but uh uh that, that was a big deal we got a lot of people involved a lot of people had a lot of fun so i'm just wondering uh you know wh where where did the idea come from for for setting up theriacon um, yeah, I think, I think it just came from, I got some emails from like fantasy grounds about fantasy grounds con or something like that. And then there's like roll 20 con hmm. I'm like, why, why couldn't we just do this with DNR? Like we all have fantasy grounds or roll 20. Like why couldn't we do a virtual gaming convention? And I think I looked back at these emails, and I want to say it was in July or something. I emailed, um, not emailed, ha, um, Discord messaged um, Rob and Ken and Travis, because they're people that I know DM a lot of games for people on the server. Yep. I was like, hey, maybe we could set up like four games on one day <laughs> and, and just see if people want to play. And um, you know, we pitched around ideas for it, and we, we wanted to get it posted by, like, Labor Day um, or just before Theria, not, just before Dragon Con, I think. And and it just kind of exploded. Like, the, the games filled up immediately, and people wanted to run a bunch more games. And I think we ended up at 
14 or 15 games. Um, so yeah, it, it just exploded. But the, the idea was just like, oh, I'm sure we could, we could do this and it'd be fun. And maybe they could be Theria themed or not. And, um, I just had an innocent idea of trying to get the, some community people together to play some games on one day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to ask about, uh, uh, if you were su- surprised or, or did you expect so many people to be, uh, to, to get involved, but uh, I think we all know the answer to that. <laughs> I don't think you expect it to be quite quite as big of a deal as it turned out to be, but uh, it, it worked great. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely turned out to be a lot more than I expected. I did not expect people to play in like six or eight games each. That was not a thing that I really planned either. People, and, people and... Who, who, who shall remain nameless. <laughs> Ames. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I also see on here you were going to ask about um, extra life, and that was really all Brian. Yep. Because um, Brian was like, "Hey, could we add extra life to this thing? Um, it's it's coming up, and you know we could maybe do some good with this day." And that was at the point where we already had like twelve games running or something. And I'm like, "Well, it's really late. Do we have time to get extra life added to this?" That was my only worry, and. And we did, and uh, Brian set all that up and ran all the all the extra life stuff really. Um, so he he donated most of the big items that people bid on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that was pretty much Brian. Yeah, I thought it was terrific that uh, to t- turned it into something a little bit more, and and I think that got more people involved and and got people excited about. Yeah, well, some people may be a little too excited. Uh, uh, and <laughs> uh, went a little bit crazy, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, p- pitching in. So that, that I, I thought that really worked well. I hope I hope we'll uh, uh, have that a- aspect to it again next year. So yeah, um, if we want to talk about next year a little bit, um, we are kind of early planning for that. So um, we have a few people together, and I know you, you've talked in that group a little bit. Uh, we're talking about next year. I think we're going to aim for a pretty similar thing, but maybe a little more organization. And I know we've reached out to some groups to see if they'll donate some items for uh, the raffles and stuff next year. So maybe it's not just um, personal people making donations of all that stuff. So that'll be super nice. And we have some pretty good ideas. So if, if you're out there and you want to do a Theria Con thing again, um, it, it'll be back. Um, but probably just once a year. I don't, I don't think we can handle more than that. Yeah, yeah it's a lot of work. <laughs> and a, a lot of not sleeping. And like for me, it was basically like a month of just constantly updating spreadsheets and checking Discord for messages and responding to people about, is this how this works? Can I DM this game? I want to do this. Like, I was very busy for a while. Um, and then there were other people like um, Theo and CJ and stuff that put a lot of work into that stuff too. So, um, yep. and then all the DMs. So it was a lot of work for a lot of people, but it turned out super great. So, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. Okay, well, uh, let's uh, let's veer off of uh, DNR theory related things just a little bit, and uh, uh, I had a couple questions about the things that I know you're interested in in other areas. So the, the first one was, uh, uh, who, who the heck is this? Uh, 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 is it is it Brandon? 
Yes, it's Brandon. Brandon Sanderson guy. Uh, and, and why should anyone care? Yeah. So for me, um, I've, I've been reading fantasy books since I was about 10. And uh, I had to do a book report. And none of the books that the library at school had were interesting. And my dad had like shelves all wrapped around the living room of fantasy novels. And I grabbed uh, like Raymond Feist. A Darkness at Sethanon and read it. And then I I think I read like hundreds of fantasy novels between 10 and 18. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I, it really slowed down after that. Um, basically, college was busy and grad school was busy and all that stuff. But high school was not so busy. So, um, But somewhere around there, um, Robert Jordan, The Wheel of Time. I don't know if you've heard of that or not. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. So I, that stuff was coming out, and maybe by the time that I read it, the first couple books were out. So The Eye of the World and Great Hunt, I think. And then that, that book was like my, like my fantasy series, basically, for most of my life. Um, <laughs> so because I started reading at like 10 or 11, and uh, I, I don't know when the series finished, but um, Robert Jordan died... Uh, I found out he died on my birthday um, when there were still like three books to be written. Yeah. So I think that was in like 2010 or so, 2008 hmm. or so, something like that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was like a crushing moment in my life. And then uh, Brandon is the guy that finished The Wheel of Time. So I had never heard of him before that. Um, but he was a huge fan of The Wheel of Time. He's like two years older than me. So he grew up reading Wheel of Time, yeah. and he's really inspired by it. And uh, then, like, once I read those, I'm like, oh, let's see what else Brandon wrote. And uh, Brandon has basically the most ridiculous plan for uh, – he's the most prodigious writer. Like, he will very soon have more words written than, like, any other author ever. <laughs> hmm. Wow. Um, he, he's <laughs> – he, he puts out an insane amount of books. So the plan for this thing that he calls the Cosmere, which is this giant connected, like there's 10 books in this series and there's going to be 12 or 15 books in this other series and six books in another series and a trilogy here and a trilogy there and a trilogy here. There's like a plan for 45 or so books in this thing called the Cosmere. <laughs> and then he has all these other books that he writes in between those books as a rest like he he takes a break from writing to write other books and uh, so he has a bunch of ya books that are also really good um yeah he, he's kind of an insane guy that sounds and, like <laughs> yeah so i i really like his his stuff because um it's almost like his magic systems are very very well defined with almost like a science fiction justification for everything like you kind of need like a physics degree to understand how his magic works. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, and I think maybe you, you were going to ask something about like hard versus soft magic. Yeah. I saw, so, so I, I did my, you know, detailed research and, and, and looked them up on Wikipedia or something like that and saw that he had popularized the, the term hard and soft magic systems. And so I was just yeah. wondering if that was like some, somehow related to the idea of hard, hard science fiction, but. Yeah, it's it's kind of like there are charts 
and graphs and things used to explain how like allomancy works, which is this magic that's in Mistborn where there's all these different kinds of metals and each metal grants like a different power, but there's three different kinds of magic and it does something different in each one of the magic systems. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy. Like he, he yeah. and every book or series has like its own different unique magic system that works in a slightly different way. So I don't know. It, it's neat. I, I kind of, again, get nerdy about the magic systems and love figuring out how it works. Um, and then, like, there's all these characters crossing over between all these different series and stuff. And eh, it's fun. It's the other piece of fiction besides DNR that I'm super invested in. So. Yeah. So, 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 so one of the things that turn, keeps me from reading very many fantasy novels is that there's never just a fantasy novel. It's always the you know, three fantasy novels or three sets of three fantasy novels or something like that. So, so the, uh, a, a series of 45 books immediately <laughs> makes me say, there's no way on earth I would ever read that. So, <laughs> so is there any one book, like a standalone book or something that, that you would recommend that, that he's written that you, you could actually read without committing to reading uh, 44 additional books? Yeah. So there's, the short answer is probably not, but um, <laughs> each one of these things can stand on its own. Um, so, like, the original Mistborn trilogy is great on its own. And then the rest of the Mistborn that comes out is, like, 300 years later, and then 300 years later. And so it's all loosely tied together, but, like, you get a full story in the first trilogy and then that stuff is only really 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 loosely tied to like stormlight that's another 10 books um <laughs> yeah so but for one standalone thing maybe warbreaker that's like his only standalone novel um and it's standalone for right now but he has a plan to maybe write one sequel but we might not even get that so I guess the answer to is there a standalone thing is yeah Warbreaker that might be it then <laughs> all right well uh, and it's a pretty good introduction to Brandon I given think. given how many people in the DNR community are, are seem to be crazy about his books so I may have to try to check that one out at least so <laughs> yeah it's also I think you can get it free he he tried a thing where he released that one free online oh um, yeah. He was trying to, after he did Wheel of Time, he was trying to get people to read his own books. And so he's like, here's this one for free. So I think the ebook of Warbreaker is still free. Huh. Um, yeah. If you can find it somewhere. Yeah. I'll have to take a look. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty long, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, so the, the next questions I was going to ask were just about, uh, uh, so, so this will, this will, you know, kill our our episode at this point. But I was just ask you about uh, what, your math background and what what uh, led you to want to teach math and uh, uh, what, what you know what are your favorite courses that type of thing. Yeah, so um, I, I wanted to be a physics professor. Hmm. Like through high school, I thought physics was the coolest thing. And you were I, correct. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to the University of Illinois as a physics major. And about two years into that, I realized that all the stuff in the physics class was this like real world stuff that I didn't care anything about. 
And the stuff <laughs> in the math classes were all these little puzzles that I could solve. And I was having so much more fun with the math classes than I was with the physics classes. And so I switched majors at the same time that I switched colleges because I also was dating my wife at that time. And I was driving like eight hours a weekend to go see her in Kentucky. Oh. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to switch majors and I'm going to switch colleges. And I, I inhaled a, a math major in like one year, basically. Hmm. So I did all the, because I had a minor from physics. And so I did all the other courses I needed. So I just took like a year and a half of nothing but math classes to finish my degree. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of stuff that I like. I really like topology. Um, I liked um, abstract algebra. Hmm. Um, really, all, all the things that were the least like the real world. Like I, <laughs> right. I'm, I don't love calculus. I don't love analysis, which is like, the next step beyond calculus. Um, I don't like differential equations very much. Um, like the more that it was just like proving things and um, just really things where you had to think and find like some solution to some puzzle to prove something that nobody else in the world cares about. Like those, <laughs> those were the classes that I liked. Yeah. Um, which of course is not what I get to teach because I teach at a community college. Right. And I, I teach Calculus 1, Calculus 2, Calculus 3. Um, I do not teach differential equations. I occasionally teach linear algebra, but we don't get to offer it very much because most engineers don't have to take it anymore. Hmm. Um, so, and then I teach stuff lower than that, like college algebra and um, pre-calculus and stuff like that. So um, these days, I'm honestly barely a mathematician. <laughs> and um, I get a lot more fun out of just doing different things in the classroom. Like, I think a lot about trying to make, like, math classes more active and fun and not, um, like, I, I, I walk down the hallway and it's just kind of a depressing place a lot of times because um, there's, a, like, people teaching in the dark, like, pointing at PowerPoints. Mm, and yeah. There's people with their back to students for like 45 minutes talking at a board. And I'm like, this is not how people learn math. This is not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> so like I spend a lot of time thinking about ways to like get students to do problems or um, find fun projects for them to do. Or like that's the main thing that I do with math these days is just um, try, try to make it a little less painful and a, a little more fun for them. And so. Um, anyway, that, that's that part of my life, I guess. Well, that's, that's good. Um, so then the, the last, last thing I had, I was going to ask you uh, Newton or Leibniz, but since you don't like calculus, I'm, I'll just skip over that one. So <laughs> well, I, will, I will tell you that I, I oh. use their, I use their notations interchangeably yeah. and, uh, confuse the heck out of my students as a result, because <laughs> I walk in one day and I'm doing dy dx's and I walk in the next day and I'm using y primes in the same place. So, yep, yep. you know, I just, it, it all is the same to me and I, I don't care. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. there's actually a funny YouTube video where there's like a wrap off between Newton and Leibniz or something. And that, oh, yeah. <laughs> I show that to my classes every once in a while. So oh, that's good. Yep. All right. Well, the last little thing I had just was, uh, 
uh, what what else should I've asked? Uh, what what did I not ask you about? I know you're into uh, running and biking, and uh, I know you're a uh, a roller coaster fanatic. So any any interesting tidbits there, or anything else? Uh, yeah. So I did a bunch of marathons. I did an ultra marathon, a fifty mile thing. Um, it's now in two Aprils ago, April of two thousand eighteen. Hmm. I, I said I was retiring from running after that. Um, I did one half marathon after that. And then this year I was training and I had picked out like another 50 mile race. I was thinking about doing next May. And then a few weeks ago I hurt my knee and I don't know what I did, but I was on like mile eight of a 10 mile run and my knee started feeling really unstable. And uh, I tried to run for like a week after that, and it just kept hurting like half a mile in. So I'm currently on a running break, and uh, I haven't tried again in a couple weeks. Um, so probably smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because and actually, here's the thing: like, and I've had this experience over the last couple of years. Like, I just feel better when I'm not running. Like, hmm. I enjoy running, and honestly, I lose weight when I'm running. Um, as opposed to like cycling, if you if you're ever around a lot of cyclists, they usually have big bellies, so it's it's not like a uh, it doesn't make you super skinny to bike a lot. I don't know exactly why, but yeah. I I think it's beer <laughs> bellies honestly because I go on <laughs> Ragbri and stuff, and all they do is drink beer on that. But um, yeah. anyway, I I don't know. I'm I'm looking for some big biking goals next year um i'm either going to do this thing called ride across wisconsin that i've done before uh, which actually starts here in dubuque and is like 175 miles in a day hmm. across the state of wisconsin um so i might do that again or um, i'm trying to get into gravel riding and there's a couple races there i tried for the lottery for this thing called dirty kansas last year and i didn't make it so I might try that again, or there's this day across Minnesota that's like 240 miles of gravel across the state of Minnesota. Um, so I'm going to find one of those. I'm going to sign up for it. I'm going to take a year and train for um, an ultra cycling event again, because I haven't done one of those in a couple of years either. Yeah. So that's my thought on that. And then um, this, this has been a slow year for roller coasters. Um, something that I think was in an original draft of this that we didn't talk about was um, part part of that extra life thing turned out to be related to my daughter and her being her being sick this year. Yep. Um, so that usually we spend our summer like we probably do like ten different amusement park trips in the summer, like summer of 2018 i took her to texas and we went to like a park in oklahoma and four parks in texas and a park in kansas city on the way back and like we usually go to cedar point every year and our we never plan a vacation that doesn't have a roller coaster on it somewhere <laughs> yeah um but this has been a slow year because um like she she had to be wheelchaired around disneyland this summer Mm. And uh, so we we canceled all of our fall amusement park trips that we usually have. Um, but she's doing great right now. So um, we have a, a Disney trip planned in March 
for this completely made-up holiday that didn't exist when I was a kid called the Golden Birthday. Have Have you ever heard of this? I've, it must not have existed when I was a kid either because I've never even heard of it. <laughs> yeah, so apparently the Golden Birthday is whenever you hit the age that is the day of your birthday. So her birthday is the 11th of March, and she okay. will be 11. Apparently, this is a big deal. <laughs> so, so if you're born on the first, that's just like a major bummer. <laughs> you, you you don't remember anything about it. Yeah, for your golden birthday. It's, so anyway, it's her golden birthday. So apparently, she gets two birthday parties wow. and a trip to Disney World. So yeah, it's it's great. So um, that's that's coming up, and uh, I think next summer i we may make it to Coney Island for the first time. Never been to Coney yeah. Island, and. Uh, some stuff like that. So I think we'll be back to doing things. Um, I have a goal of getting to 400 unique roller coasters ridden in the next couple of years. I'm at oh. like 330 or something like that. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. My daughter's at 177. Yeah. And she's only been able to ride most roller coasters for the last two and a half years. Yeah. So we did a lot um, the two years before this. But... <laughs> I don't know. Roller coaster events are super fun, by the way, if anybody's out there and you haven't been to a roller coaster event, like parks on a normal operating day kind of suck. The lines right. are long. It's hot. Like the food is ridiculous. But if you join a roller coaster club, which is like twenty five or thirty five dollars a year, depending on which one you join. If you just Google search roller coaster enthusiast club, you'll find a bunch. Um, they have events and like they give you a lot of food, most of which I don't eat, but that's fine. Um, and you get like special time before or after the park opens or closes, like just rides for you. And like some of those events, like you can just sit on a roller coaster and ride like 28 times in a row. Um, those things are pretty crazy. So <laughs> 28 sounds like a lot. <laughs> I can't I can't do that anymore. Like when we went yeah. and we were like 23 years old, I just sat on this one wooden coaster for like three hours. And now <laughs> I can ride like four times and I, I want to puke. So yeah. I and my back hurts. I have an old man's back at this point. So I can't I can't do that. I get about 12 rides in on a night now. Um, but it's still super fun and the, the people are nice. And, yeah. That kind yeah, those, of thing. So those wooden coasters are usually so rough they kind of beat you up. I don't know how you stay on that for a long time. So yeah, but I guess as we're ending here, my favorite one of these events is at this little park called Holiday World in Santa Claus, Indiana. And they have three of what have all been like top five wooden coasters in the world at different points, including wow. one that's been like number one or two since 2004. And that ride is so super aggressive. It is ridiculously aggressive. And I loved the heck out of it when I was younger. And now it's like, I'll take my one ride and I'm done. <laughs> like I cannot do this again because it beats the heck out of me. Yeah. But it's, it's still really fun. But yeah. Yep. Um, anything else? I think we've been talking for a long time. Uh, yeah, so. no, I think, I think this is good. I, I think, thanks a lot. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll officially turn the, uh, the hosting duties back over to you now. And uh, uh, I guess you're going to in interview uh, Theo uh, in a week or two. So we'll, we'll uh, have a couple of uh, episodes coming out. So that'll be great. Yeah, I, I, I'm i not sure exactly what the 
the plans are for this feed going forward, other than the interviews. The interviews are much easier to schedule than any of the other stuff that we were doing. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I understand you might actually edit this one. So we'll see. I, my my Theo episode might make it out before this episode does. <laughs> That's possible because <laughs> I'm pretty busy. So I'm going to try to I'm going to try to do it this weekend. So hopefully we okay. can get it out early, early next week. So <laughs> well, you know, all I do with mine is I turn the thing off and then I just upload it and tell you guys I edited it. So right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was I was gonna I was gonna try to do a little bit of uh, intro music or something like that, but we'll see how that works. So yeah, yeah. sounds good. All right, thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. Bye, everybody.